Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to the first Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis for 2022. It's been a little while since we've brought you a show, but we haven't missed a lot, as you would have noticed. The 36ers haven't been on court for a little while. We hope that changes as of this Sunday. So we'll talk about all of that on this week's show. We'll hear from the, the head coach, CJ Bruden, thanks to Sports Card World, as we put all of our listeners' questions to him. I'm Chris Pike. Happy New Year to everybody. But the man that you have all tuned in to hear from, the legend himself, the only man that's involved in every single Adelaide 36ers championship, Scott Ninnis. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, all of that. How do we find you? Oh, Happy New Year, Chris. Uh, not sure why you ring me. There's still a season going on, is there? Uh, <laughs> it's been, uh, oh, wow. Uh, it's been interesting, hasn't it, mate? It's, um, uh, you know, we, we've had so much expectation of uh, you know, this season going ahead full steam, and it's, it's just unfortunately gone from... Uh, from worst to worst, and uh, you know we've lost a few games. It's happened all around the league. It was uh, was great to see a game last night between Brisbane and New Zealand. But uh, That's strange to actually have far, a game on, didn't it? But, but it was very strange. <laughs> but yeah, it's certainly been far and few between, hasn't it? It has. Hey, I think I think we were scheduled to have probably over the last three week three weeks twenty games. I think we were scheduled to have, and I think we ended up having five. I think we had two games there for for round four, two for round five, and one just this weekend. So. Let's hope that the worst is behind us. I know that the league office certainly feels like the worst is be is behind it now. All of the games scheduled for this upcoming round seven are still scheduled at this stage. So that includes the 36ers hosting the Tasmania Jack Jumpers on Sunday at the Entertainment Centre. Let's hope it goes ahead because those games with against the Perth Wildcats, they seemed destined to probably never happen now. They, there's something about that game that just seems like it's destined to never be. That's been cancelled, rescheduled and cancelled probably three times now, and now it's not even on the schedule at all. It's really disappointing. I know the, the game on December 28th, that, that game coming out of Christmas that we're yeah. having against the Wildcats was, uh, you know, the ticket sales were fantastic. Everyone was really excited about the game going ahead, and uh, and obviously there was, there was some COVID cases uh, within the team that... Is, is sort of part of the course, but uh, it, it was just so disappointing. I think everyone was looking at coming out, you know, Christmas and New Year's, uh, and uh, you know, things going semi back to normal. Mm. Uh, that's not the case now. We, we're getting four thousand cases a day, mm. and that was probably, you know, always going to be the case once we open up. Although I don't think, uh, by the sounds of it, the state was quite ready for that sort of um, outbreak, but um, it has its impact upon everything. Uh, you know, I certainly thought my business would get back to some sort of semi-normal, which it, which it hasn't. And, you know, it's, it's the same with, with most, you know, the majority of people out here. It's uh, it, it's just been really, really disappointing. You know, we, we thought we'd, uh, yeah, we'd move forward once the majority of the population had, had had the vaccinations. And uh, it, it seems like nothing's changed, which is, uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, but, I guess once again, all we can do is be optimistic. Hope this game against Jack Jumpers goes ahead on Sunday, and you know the season comes back with some sort of sense of whatever the new normal is going to be. All we can do is cross our fingers at this point. We can't do much more. Um, before we get on to some basketball talk, Scotty, um, you're one of those 
I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. You can probably tell me that has a birthday close to Christmas. What what was that like for for you and the family last year? Oh, shit out. <laughs> being, being born on Christmas Day is uh, it's, it's, it's a funny it's a funny thing. Every time every time I say something to people that my birthday's on Christmas Day, they oh, you know, you poor thing. As a kid, it was there was such a big deal made of it because everybody knew that it was a terrible day to have a mm. birthday. Mm. There was such a big deal made out of it that um, it didn't seem like such a bad thing. My, my grandparents, uh, you know, as he used to give me a half birthday on June 25th and, um, you know, there was such a big deal made of it on Christmas Day. The, the other kicker for me too, mate, is uh, uh, my mother's name is Mary. So imagine <laughs> that as a kid being wow. born on Christmas Day with another mother's name oh, as Mary. Do you, reckon wow. I, do you reckon I copped a little bit growing up? So um, what what I have done that is, uh, over the last 15 odd years is I've celebrated my birthday generally two days before Christmas Day on the 23rd of birthday. Mm. Uh, 23rd December, I get get my closest mates together. We have a slap-up lunch I'm wearing, trying to outdo each other with the best bottle of red wine. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, we had to have it on the 21st because Brett Mars now a fireman. We all have to mm. work around his schedule yes. now, mate. So yeah. it's uh, the, gold, the Golden Shield uh, uh, made us have it on the 21st. So we, we've done that for the last, as I said, about 15 or 16 years and just... Uh, that that is my birthday now, but uh, this year was a bit different for us. Our our youngest Chloe uh, had a close contact with COVID uh, mm-hmm. at her childcare, so um, uh, she she had to spend uh, well at that point in time, and this is a problem. Rules are changing all the time. She had to spend fourteen days in in lockdown, I suppose. The weird thing was that Rebecca and I could come and go as as we wanted to, but. So Christmas Day was spent at home just with the family. Oh, which, you you uh, can't exactly leave her home alone, though, can you? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, Christmas Day for us was yeah, yeah was not only the most memorable uh, yeah, of all time, just having here with the family and trying to explain to a five and five year old and a seven year old why they you know, can't mm. see their cousins and 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 can't see their their grandparents and that and and also the fact that they'd already been tested and already been negative, mm. but just to let the quarantine so. Yeah, it is what it is, mate. Like it's, uh, it's, you get to my age, mate. We stop counting birthdays anyway, so uh, it's, it's about the kids these days. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully over these next couple of weeks before uh, school goes back, we might be able to sort of do a couple of couple of day trips away somewhere and uh, you know get back to normal. More importantly, hopefully you can you can escape the kids for a little bit, can you? I mean, I can't imagine what it's like being cooped up as a family twenty four hours, seven days a week without being able to. Get any escape from each other? God help me, mate. That is like uh, that. Tomorrow they're in uh, the school holiday uh, day at that, mm. that uh, at where they go to school. This has been like the countdown to the, the best day of my life, mate. Having uh, having those kids uh, in school for eight hours and. Uh, Oh, mate, I'll probably just sit home by myself and uh, just uh, be, be very, very happy and content without having to try and amuse them for eight hours. So, uh, uh, and, and uh, yes, going back to school at the end of the month is going to be a, uh, another good date in the calendar as well. Unless unless you become like Queensland and have the, the school year date pushed back a little bit. Stop it. Stop it. Don't you curse me like this is... Uh, this is serious stuff now, Chris. No, that's a, they are going back to school. They have to go back to school for my own, uh, own sanity.
<laughs> uh, speaking of sanity, what helps keeps us keeps us sane usually this time of year is having games of basketball to watch, and we've had precious few of them the last last few weeks, and I don't think we've seen anything anything like it. Once we started the season last year, we started it late in January, obviously, but once we started, we were able to push through, and it didn't really have any any setbacks. But the last few weeks, I've never seen anything like it in professional sport, where even on the day of a game, we have games being being cancelled and postponed to a date where we just don't know when. I mean, we end up with a weekend like this past weekend where we went from having a full schedule of games on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday to having one game on a Sunday and and that that was all we all we got. I mean, it's 3 years ago you would have made a lot of money if you told someone that this was going to happen. You would have been laughed out of the room, but it's a remarkable world that we're now now living in. Yeah, it is, mate. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I, I've always, I've said right from the start, I wouldn't want to be the person making the decisions, like whether it be, you know, like from the government level or, or make decisions on, on basketball games or, or tennis games or whatever. But, you know, there's got to come a point where surely we just have to, we just have to live with it and open up the borders. And that's what we were told about, you know, getting our vaccinations and, and, that we could go back to a normal life. And, and, and you know, my, you know, uh, once again, you want to say about me, but like, you know, and I'm not just talking about my business, but my industry is screwed right now, you know, as is, you know, the hospitality business and that. Like, there's, there's got to come a point, you know, where we've just got to learn to live with it because then there's going to be another strain of the virus and another strain that we're all hoping it goes away. But, you know, right at this second, you know, like I, so this this time of the year, I'd, I'd be I'd be working twenty five, twenty six days in January. You know, as as it stands at the moment, I, I've got two days. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, the government comes out with a forty million dollar res, you know rescue package. Mm. I'm eligible for a thousand dollar grant. Mm. Now, you know, that'll pay my costs for about a week and a half. Yeah. You know, it's just and once again, I. This is not oh well as me hmm. because I know there are people in, in worse positions than me and, and, you know, Rebecca's been able to keep her job the whole way through and, you, you know, Brett and I do our stuff with the 36s and, and basketball today, but, you know, there, there's, there's mum and dad operations that that's all they've got and, you know, we're, we're meant to be, you're supposed to be meant to be back to a normal life and it, it looks like, like it, it's, it's in bad positions we've ever been. So it's... Uh, it's disappointing, and uh, yeah, I just just hope there's light at the end of the tunnel, mate. Mm. I think we all do. So, from a 36ers perspective, I mean, it feels like an absolute lifetime ago that they last played, and the unfortunate part is it was such a horrible game that they they played the last time they played that game up in Cairns. Um, it was way back on December 18, so it's going to be pretty much a month that they would have had in between games and. I don't think we did a show after that. I, I remember talking about how bad the Sydney Kings were a couple of days before this game. We didn't think anyone could be as bad, but the 36 has found a way to probably be worse. It's a tough game to talk about because it was so long ago and, you know, <laughs> it's not fresh in our memory banks. But the fact is that they were 40 points down with about four minutes to go in that game. They ended up losing by 26. And the feedback from CJ, the feedback from the players is that they all felt like their effort was really poor in that game, and now they've had a month to think about it. How do you deal with hanging that over your head for now so long? The great part about basketball usually is you get to bounce back a couple of days later. It is. I think it's. Uh, you know, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, a game like that can really do some damage to you mentally um, and to your psyche, and and you know that's why you want to have a 
game quickly to, to sort of you know, try and turn that around. It, it can also have the opposite impact that you know, things start going south, you, you start, <laughs> all that becomes fresh in your memory yeah. again. Well, so yeah, I, been, yeah. I, I think, you know, like I'd like to go with the, you know, the glass half full now as far as that, that game is so long ago. It's, it's you know, I don't think it'll ever be forgotten. I mean, that was as, as bad a performance as I've seen in you know, the 36s <laughs> a long time, and maybe ever. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, you know, sometimes you do have games like that. So I think now, you know, they've, well, I was going to say they've had time on the training track. They've probably all well, been, um, yeah, been isolated. Problem, they so, really, no. no, so that, that's, been, uh, that's been difficult. But I think their game's enough, far enough removed now that you know, the next time they hit the court, they're just going to be happy to be out there. And yeah. uh, I, I just you know, I, I just don't think you can gloss over a game like that either. I mean, you know, they're down by 40 against who most people picked, uh, you know, the team to finish last this year. But, and, 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 they, and, that, and that was assuming the type ends were at full strength. This was a type ends team that didn't have two of their best players, Scott Machado and Mirko Jerick as well. And Yeah, it, yeah it, absolutely. And, and, yeah, we, we made... Uh, you know, we made a couple of uh, you know a couple of couple of players look like absolute mm-hmm. superstar. A couple of couple of thirty sixes look yeah. like it. I mean, look especially like Mitchell Deng and Keanu Pinder. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, you know, who, who you know, there just wasn't any pressure on him, and and it was it was such a disappointing game. I you know, and and you know, I don't think any. There's no way of dressing it up. There were no positives come out of that game. So oh, I just think now that uh, you know they're going to have. Probably a couple of days. I spoke to Jamie Pillman uh, last Thursday night, and uh, all of a sudden they'd had a game, you know, playing Illawarra and Illawarra sprung on them that mm. was meant to be yeah. Sunday night. And he was like, Yeah, we've got to now quickly turn around and scout for that. So that didn't happen. Yep. You know, then they go into the next day, they go into lockdown again, get all, all sent home from training, and, uh, um, you know, they'll, they'll be out just in time to, to scout for another team. Mm. So, Oh, I can't even, I cannot even imagine from a playing point of view or a coaching point of view what's that like because it's unprecedented. Yeah, we, it we haven't seen that. We haven't seen this. So um, it's it just going to speak to, you know, speak volumes of where the group is if they've been able to stay tough mentally. And, and I don't think anyone, you know, if you know, some players are going to be able to deal with that better than others. And, you know, we've we just got to, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't even like to know what to predict on Sunday. Oh, mate, I'm just looking looking forward to getting out of the house and hoping <laughs> the game goes ahead and uh, get to that VIP room yeah. and, and drinking some Jacob Jacobs Creek uh, Shiraz and uh, <laughs> telling a few stories to Marzi after the game. But mm. it's uh, it's just one of those things. We just want to see the season get back on track as quickly as humanly possible, and um, hopefully, hopefully that starts with a win. Yeah, the the weird thing is we we win that game with three and three and yep. and it's you know it's it's not doom and gloom you know that that game against Cairns you know it was, it was like are we ever going to win another game all of a sudden we could be three and three and back sure. on track again. I guess the worst part about it was that it it wasn't the fact that they were outplayed. I mean, you get outplayed from you know time to time and you have blowout losses and 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 that happens. But this was an effort thing. I don't know if I've ever seen a team play with less effort. I mean, and, and sometimes you get a player who's flat and, you know, he, he might have a down day, but his teammates pick him up. But just, it was, I don't know what it was, but it was one of those nights where 
everyone who hit the court just looked like they had no effort levels, no energy. And I mean, have you ever been a part of a team like that where everyone's kind of that flat on the one on the one night? I don't think so. I mean, I've been in teams that we've had our ass kicked. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. everyone, that, everyone that plays for long enough, we, we lost the game. We played Canberra in Canberra, and we went back there. Phil Smythe, it was his you know, first game of the 36ers, and we went back in there, and he had his signet retired along with Herb McPeaches before the game. And uh, so it was emotional, you know, we, you know and, and we, were, we, you know, we were a pretty decent team. We had... Yeah, yeah, we had Mark Davis and I think Robert Rose. Uh, maybe it's before Robert Rose, but mm-hmm. yeah, we had yeah we had Mike McKay and myself, yeah. and yeah, we had we had uh, yeah Bill obviously, a bunch of guys who were in the Boomers, and we went out. Was and that got a Cannons team with Jamie Perlman on it still? Uh, a bit before Jamie, oh, I reckon. Okay, okay. So yeah, we we went out and got our ah hits, you know, like and and got beaten by thirty two, and yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't an effort thing. We just were completely sure. outplayed and we yeah. just had no answer for them. It's just one of those nights. But you, you're right, that game against Cairns, I, I, once again, I just don't understand that. I don't, I don't know what what sort of happened, but it just just didn't look like they were up to the contest. Mm. And, and, you know, as, as we speak about and as we know, you know, basketball and sport is, Mentally, is you know the mental component of it is 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 really important. Whether they thought they were just going to waltz into Cairns and and, and win that game, but um, yeah, it was uh, like I said, there, there was no positive get out of that. That was um, that was as bad as it gets. And uh, you know, like you have to address it. You know, like I was involved coaching a couple of games where where, where we lost games from unlosable positions, and, and you try to gloss over it. You have to address it first. And then you have to put it behind you. But if you if you just say that was a one-off and it'll never happen again, I don't think you're really addressing the situation of why it happened in the first place. But it's a, mate, it's, it's a very fine line because you do have to put it behind you as quickly mm. as you can as well. I tell you what, we've never done this in the last couple of years on the show. We've been through some tough games and in, in our voting in our Player of the Year award thanks to Premium Wine Tillers, but... This has to be a game where no one deserves a vote, do they? We can't give votes for this game. I'm that, mate. I'm happy with that. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And and look, I, you know, I'm more than happy not to do that. And, and I don't think anyone would be disappointed in that whatsoever. I don't think so. But to the great credit of CJ Bruden, the head coach, he was happy to to step up and and join us for our Ask the Coach segment this week. Scott, thanks to Sports Card World, one of our lucky listeners will also win five packs of the brand new NBA hoops. NBA cards, and you, hopefully you get a Josh Giddy rookie card in that, Scott. So thanks to the support of Sports Card World. We're going to hear from CJ Bruton. If you had the chance to sit down with CJ after that game sometime over the last three or four weeks, Scott, what would you want to want to know from him? What would you be hoping to, to ask him? I'd get him a very stiff rate scotch, mate, <laughs> and just, uh, no, look, I, I, you know, what I would say to him is, is you, you cannot just go, don't worry, let's put that game behind us. As I just mentioned, and, and worry about the next game. I think you got to, you have to address it. You have to work out why you know you come out. You know, we shouldn't be, you shouldn't be down against by forty against anyone in this league. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, um, so I think that you've got to work out the reasons why. But then you do have to put it behind you as quickly as you can. You can't dwell on it. Um, you, you have to, but you know, to, to find out why what their mentality is and 
you know, it's it's a it's a tricky one. It's a, it's a really really difficult one to have that sort of game and then to be able to turn that you know incredibly bad negative into a positive. But that that's what needs to happen. And and maybe you know maybe that time that we've had off you know, might help that happen. But it's it's a, it's a tricky one, mate. So that's a, that's why he's coaching and I'm not coaching, mate. No, so he's. He, Give him all the answers, and mm. uh, hopefully he can. Uh, can I can I just say one thing as well? Sure. I mean, we you know we are a shout out to the boys at Sports Card World and uh, Dylan Nunn from Australian Motors mm. Mitsubishi and and all star photos. You know, and you know the sponsors that we have. You know, those got those Sports Card World boys and and Nunny at Australian Motors and Eli Kelly like this. You know, they are just awesome to get behind our little podcast mm. here where we. Wax lyrical and and uh, you know try and try and come up with something when there hasn't been a game for a month. Mm. Uh, yeah, we really really appreciate their uh, their support. Absolutely, couldn't have said it better. And and it's the perfect segue when we come back here on Sixes Fix with Scott Ninnis. We'll hear from from the coach CJ Bruden on our Ask the Coach segment. Thanks to Sports Card World. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix now with Scott Ninnis and we're on our weekly Ask the Coach segment with with thanks to Sports Card World. We've got a got a prize to give away. Our friends at Sports Card World are willing to give away five packs of the brand new released 2021-22 NBA Hoops Hobby Pack valued at $75, CJ. And you might even find a Josh Giddy rookie card in there. So as we go through these questions, you'll pick a winner and make somebody a very, very happy listener. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, and all the listeners. It's uh, yeah, it's exciting to be. As I said to you earlier when we spoke, it's happy to be here. But uh, definitely excited about the new year and what's ahead. Fantastic, thanks, CJ. Now we've got plenty of questions from our listeners, so let's get straight into it. And we'll start with Nate Turner, one of our favourites. And and Nate has asked, how has the team practiced or stayed game ready? With the games being postponed, have you done anything differently than a normal week-to-week training, or is it just business as usual and kept simple and not trying to reinvent the wheel? Well, definitely not trying to reinvent the wheel, but um, I feel like uh, where we've been at from the preseason, which has been, as you might have known, has been interrupted for us mm. uh, in the sense of I, I got here late, uh, so much time was really out on the practice. The practice together, guys that have been in and out over time. So we've we've had to manage bodies uh, and a few injuries along the way to get to where we are right now. And now that the season, when our season started, we had five games pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fastest five games I think this year um, or last year now. Uh, and then now with COVID hitting us and being at home for seven days, just to get our legs underneath us and get back on the same page and understanding what's required for us to be successful in our offense and our defensive team, it's been a blessing in disguise. So not much as I think it's changed in the day-to-day stuff of what we've done, uh, but having days off and not knowing when we're playing, we've had to manage our health and make sure we've got enough bodies because, again, some guys have been in, some guys have been out. Uh, so it's definitely we've had to manage, but we've also tried to find ways to not reinvent the wheel, but making small side games and things that can keep us busy and occupied and keeping our conditioning up to speed. 
Very good. Um, following following on on a similar path, Kyle Wood has asked, do you feel this COVID break, which unfortunately as of today is now extending another another week with the Friday game now pushed back to next Wednesday, do you feel this COVID break has hindered the team or given more time to iron out some creases? I think it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, uh, it does help you in helping us get a little bit closer to having Sunday on the floor and mm-hmm. hopefully everyone, everyone's back on deck and Sunday's back practicing with it. So I think it, it, it helped us get him back. It helped us uh, hopefully get our whole team where we are yet to play a game with our full roster all together and we'll see what that looks like. So that's where it helps. It hinders us not playing any competition games for uh, a number of weeks now. It's like pre-season all over again. You're going out there blind. And while you're practicing against each other, you're thinking you're doing all the right things. You don't know until you play something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Sunday. He's jumping out of his out of his boots to get back out there. But he's also got a question for you, CJ. He wants to know, what do you want from your players when you ask them to unlock their brains? <laughs> to unlock their brain. Uh, clearly, we've all been taught different ways of playing the game. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I feel like, to unlock the skill that someone, everyone has a great skill set. And you don't get to the NBL without having that skill set. And I'm trying to unlock the ball. How do I unteach you something that you've been trying to do for a number of years now? Mm. And then how to expand your knowledge of here's the spacing on the floor. In the game of basketball, there's put five dots on the floor on the perimeter. Uh, if you watch the NBA, there's, there's five spots to play from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. There's normally a four-out, one-in concept where there's one guy on the block, which they normally put the biggest post player and four perimeter players. I'm also trying to train guys that play the three spot and now play the four spot for us. Yeah, or play the four spot, I play the three for us right mm-hmm. now. Uh, with the, the amount of bodies that I have and the way that this team's been structured, trying to find the best way to combat the strength that we have and then play to our strengths. So for someone like, uh, let's say, Manny Malouf, who's been a natural four man his yep. whole career, He's now playing the three spot. So I'm getting him to unlock his brain by, while you might play the three, you have the strength of a four. So I'm not trying to tell you to lose what you have, but play to your strength. But you need to unlock it of, how do I get to that spot when this is our structure? It's actually an incredible answer. No, it's an incredible answer. I'm, um, it was a it was a half tongue-in-cheek question, but I'm very glad I asked it because the answer was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um couple of tricky ones, but let's, let's get through them. Luke Graham, yep. why is there such a big gap between our best and worst? Uh, yeah, good question. I think, um, I think from where, where we've been at, it's, yeah, it's kind of baffling to me, but I've watched over time enough all team to think that they're playing their best. I think their effort, I'm more, more disappointed in our effort in the Cairns game. Uh, for where we've been all season long and even what the way that we practice the day after we, uh, our next session after we beat New Zealand was nothing like that. So it's kind of disappointing in that sense. But also no fatigue and tiredness. But to have everyone on that page for one game, uh, I don't, it does happen, but I was kind of yeah, disappointed how that all played out. So how do we get on the same page? I think everyone's still trying to learn and they were trying to do the right thing, but then not do it with the intensity and the effort that's needed to play at game level. I don't know why it's 
such a big difference at, at this point in time. I hope that we don't have uh, any more lapses in that pace. So going forward, um, I don't think we should see a difference in, in that, in the effort. But as for um, the difference between playing really well and not playing well, that comes down to each individual giving their best when they're on the floor. And if it's for three minutes, if it's for seven minutes, whatever it may be, it's feeding and playing hard at both ends of the floor. I'm loving your answers, to be honest, CJ. I mean, you're, you're handling these very, very well, and, and and you're coming up with solutions to everything. You're not just, you know, looking at the negative approach. And I think that's fantastic. Um, and McEwer, 78, another one of our favourite. Interesting one about Isaac Humphreys. Does your current offensive style put him at a disadvantage, or is he still just getting match fit after last season's injuries? I think um, I don't think it puts him at a disadvantage. Isaac's a great uh, rim roller. Uh, if you remember from last year with Josh Giddy, Josh, mm-hmm. it wasn't just how many times they threw it to him on the block and he caught in similar ways that Will Magnate was able to get, get buckets um, on the move, catching it uh, with his motor going to the rim. There's not many people that want to get in Isaac's way uh, going to the rim at mm-hmm. that pace. And he's able to finish with authority and, and with finance around the rim. So um, he's used to playing that way. Clearly, he's getting back to feeling like himself. And I think at the start of the year, there was always going to be a teething problem. Not a teething problem, it's just more of, of working through where he's at because of the limited amount of practice that he had from the preseason to playing the, the first game. And that just comes with time and getting feel. And that was the go through that. I think he, he battled and we, we nurtured that. And, while we might not have won four out of five games, we I thought he's got he's come away from the the first five games of the season better than than I expected. Mm-hmm. I've loved the fact that he's been on the floor every day of practice and competing and battling, uh, and he's given his all every single day as he said he would. Yep, I totally agree. Okay, now those are the trickiest ones out out of the way. A few different different paths some of our listeners have taken now. Jack Lewis three 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 is asked. What separates the NBL from other leagues across the world to attract young prospects like Soto to prepare for the NBA draft? Why is the NBL and the 36ers particularly becoming so notable for player development for the NBA? Well, I, mean, I, I can't take credit for, for, for that. I think that part of it's recruiting, part of it is the NBL and what's going ahead before. I think from um, the Ferguson to the Josh Giddy. Mm. Clearly, uh, Mellow Ball coming here. Um, the list goes on. Players that have that have come out to Australia that to help get their their draft stock high. Playing against grown men to help that. Uh, the battle tested. Uh, our league is so competitive. Our country as a whole has shown that on the biggest stage, mm-hmm. and I think that's allowed the growth for guys like Kai Soto and, and other younger kids looking at our league. Of, they we care about every kid that comes to our program. Uh, we continue to work with you, not only on the floor, but off the floor, and how you need to manage your life and look after yourself, um, strengthen your body. But it's a country where there's, where I would say it's, it's a safe place, really, when you look around the world and what's available to you, and we speak English. So I think we, we tick a lot of boxes for a lot of young kids and their families to, to see it as, um, a great stepping stone for them to understand how to look after themselves and how an organization 
will back you and, and look after you as well. Now, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that we've got a question about Kai Soto. It comes from Still Sleep Deprived. Is Kai mm-hmm. Soto nearing full fitness with the extra rest from our extended break? I would love to see him impact the game on Friday night. Obviously, now that won't be until Wednesday night. Yes, he's uh, for seven days. I think you heard a lot of lot of our players being uh, behind uh, closed doors, but um, he's definitely come back and he, as he, as he has all all preseason and, and since I've been here, he's he's impacted and and showing his ability to definitely impact uh, the game, not only on the defensive end, uh, but on the offensive end of like setting teams, his ability being so big and uh, dominant around the rim well. And I expect a different uh, coming into Wednesday's game as well. Fantastic. A couple more. This is a tricky one for you to answer. I don't know how you'll, what direction you'll take this one in. Who on the current roster would you have line up in your NBL fantasy team? Well, first of all, I don't play the fantasy league. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I, th- I thought that would be the case. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in the real deal at, mm-hmm. at this point. And it's, um, I think, uh, well, thinking of a fantasy team, you need scoring and you need, need numbers. And Billy Delphi is a guy that can really shoot the ball. Plenty of them to be successful and, and needs people to swing for him as well. But he's also a guy that can just get his own bucket. Um, so... Billy at, at this point of for the fantasy basketball, I'm sure that his numbers are, are up there yep. uh, for our team. And so having him on the list would definitely be one of the guys that I'll put on my roster. There we go. That was from underdog underscore K. Now, two more. Now, this is an interesting one, and I'm fascinated to get your answer to this. Um, it comes from Skink44. He says, after a very successful journey to a few different clubs as a player and now coach, how do other clubs that you've been part of, view the Adelaide 36ers and their fans when they come to Adelaide, especially now having the changes of venue from the old Clipsal Powerhouse, the Adelaide Arena, now to the Entertainment Centre. So basically he's asking, how do other clubs sort of view coming to Adelaide? Good question. I think that's one for someone besides myself. Um, I mean, from the outside, coming in here, um, the Adelaide fans are always one of the most knowledgeable in the game, if not the most knowledgeable of the game. They always, there's a, a different level of noise, right? In Cairns, there's uh, the music that's loud, that yeah. generates already hot in, it, in, in a box up there. Um, all about their fans and for it. For the Adelaide fans, you know that when there's a bad call, they let the referees know about it. There's no issue about, about that. They cheer their team on. They know that there's the six men that help the team they're not a, they, they don't just become a fan, they participate mm-hmm. in the actual game. And that's a difference maker in making Adelaide a, the powerhouse of their being, not only the players that they've had, and the players have thrived off that. And they've been able to showcase a brand of basketball that they, once you, they get on top of the team, it was like, okay, now we're in trouble. We need a manager. Call a timeout. But if the fans stay super loud, you know that well, they're still engaged. They're waiting on the next bucket to come. They're waiting for the next meal or the next dunk, mm-hmm. which can, you know, keep the crowd energized. And so for opposing teams and being an opposing opponent in this venue, it was, it was always take the air out, make sure you move the ball, and 
pretty much the whole 24 seconds. <laughs> so mm. We don't hear the fans <laughs> for that long. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic answer. Last one. This comes from the, the Fresh Prince of Lincoln. Now, this this will t- mean you've got to call upon your 30-plus years that you've been watching or part of the NBL. And I'm going to say that you can say yourself to answer this if you want to. What player, past or present, in the NBL do you think would fit in this current team and take it to the next level? You, you can say yourself if you like. You could be a play coach. Oh, I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat, but uh, <laughs> I definitely... Um, there's, a, there's a lot of talent that's come to our league and mm. try to, there's not really one particular person in mind. Um, if you look at our current roster right now, uh, having a... Um, uh, Mario Donaldson, type player, mm. if you remember him, he played for Sydney Kings, yep. or even a Steve Woodbury yeah, um, sure. comes to mind, I think. That type of player, I know we've had players like Freddie Hobson and, uh, of recent, Lamar Patterson, you know, yep. those type of guys that can, can create and, and play off the dribble, uh, are handy in our competition and have, have much success in our, in our leagues as well. So, I mean, there's not, He's not a particular player, but Murray Donaldson comes to mind. Play defense, he can shoot the ball. He was a he was a bigger guard, and someone like Steve Woodbury would probably be the other one. Who's a, you know, like a walking triple double, very athletic. Yep. You have enough rebound for you, and just control the game from his position as well. Not perfect, CJ. Well, guess what? We got through all, all of those. So thank you for your patience with that, and thank you to our listeners that sent them through. Now, as I said at the start, we've got five packs of the NBA Hoops Hobby Packs to give away. It's valued at $75, CJ, thanks to Sports Card World. Whose question did you like the best? Uh, definitely not Sundays. So you tell <laughs> Sunday he ain't getting nothing. <laughs> he deserves to help us get a win. That's what he deserves. So <laughs> yeah. if he's listening, mm-hmm. uh, help us in that space, and we'll, we'll be grateful. <laughs> um, I like the, uh, I think, the question about what do we do, how do we manage our our team yep. and our roster at this point, well, how we how we manage this this time during COVID because it, it has definitely hasn't been easy, but it's something that every team has to go through in every sport, so and business for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's um, yeah, that's the winner for me. The first question is that the one? That was the first the one. The first yeah. one, Nate Turner. There you go, Nate. So thanks to Sports Card World, we'll get you your prize and. And CJ, before I let you go, how frustrated were you when you found out this morning as we record this that you were going to have to wait another five days to play? Yeah, it was, um, I like to say I'm, I'm super upset. I think yeah. the more days we get, it means that we get under our belt. I, I'm disappointed for our fans because it's been rescheduled twice. This is, this is the world that we live in right now. and I, I like to think things are going to get better, not only for... Well, us as a club, but for all the people in Adelaide and around the globe, um, and if we keep doing the right things and we keep looking after ourselves, that we'll be able to, at some point real soon, that we'll be, if not COVID-free, we'll learn how to deal with this and manage it better. Yep, let's hope so. Well said, and thanks for joining us, CJ. Good luck Wednesday night. We can't wait to see you back out there. Look forward to it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Okay, back on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Big thank you to CJ Bruton. 
congratulations to our winner as well. And thanks to all the questions. I mean, that segment isn't possible unless our listeners send in a lot of those questions. So thank you to, to everybody who who sent in those. And I hope you enjoyed the answers that you got from CJ. Congratulations to Nate Turner, one of our favourites here on the show, who is the winner this week as chosen by CJ. But I wanted to follow up, Scott. You're back with us now on the show. I wanted to, one of the, the last question we put to CJ was... What player, past or present, from the NBL would he want to put into this current Adelaide team to take them to the next level? I was fascinated by his answer. The two players he came up with were Mario Donaldson, who played at the Sydney Kings with CJ, and Steve Woodbury. Um, he's surprised by that answer, first of all. And if you had to answer that question, who would who would you pick off the top of your head? Oh, look. I, I, I was a bit surprised at Mario Donaldson. Mm. Like, I, that sort of caught me off guard a little bit. Steve Woodbury, I've gone on record before to say that he was probably the toughest person, most difficult person I've ever had to defend in 13 years playing in the NBL. Oh, wow. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm talking about going against Andrew Gaze and mm. Mark Copeland and Robert Rose and Ricky, Ricky Grace, Grace yeah. and... Derek Racker and Shane Hill and so on and so on. <laughs> yep. Steve, Steve Woodbury just, you know, had the had the whole package. He, he was he was too strong for you know the, the smaller guards. He could take you outside. So yes, yeah, Steve Woodbury, I absolutely one hundred percent agree with. I um, probably when I was coaching, I, I felt the guy that I would have loved to have started my team with at that point in time was Mark Worthington. Yes. I thought he was a I thought he was a throwback to that. You know, that tough bastard that would do anything it took to win and, you know, was an, was an absolute winner. And I, I love the way he went a, went about his game. I mean, you know, I'm also fortunate, as, as we've talked on this podcast before, about, you know, playing with some of the all-time greats, you know, like the Mark Davises and the, you know, the Bruce Bolds and the Robert Roses and uh, Brett Mars and so on and so on. But, uh, yeah, for, for me, I, you know, I, I, I think Steve, Steve Woodbury was was just uh, for me was just unstoppable. I couldn't do anything mm. with him, and I I did. I loved I loved where those toughness and all round game. And uh, yeah, when I was coaching, I'm going back twelve years now. I mean, I you know if I had a choice, anyone in the NBL at that point in time, I would have started a team with him. And I know I was watching the league closely, as you know, at that time as well, back early in my in my journey. And I lo- I love those battles that Wertho had with Sean Reddidge and even with Adam Ballinger on on your teams back in those days. It's, it's remarkable that they were pretty much three men those days. They all turned into be- finishing up their careers as power forwards. But that probably just goes to show how much the leagues leagues changed and how much the athleticism's probably grown. Mate, it happened with a lot of the greats in this league. I mean, you, I mean, you look at three guys. You know, when I was, you know, Martin Catalani, yep. Glenn Savile, and, and Sam McKinnon, you know, all started, you know, started as three. Yep. Uh, Thomas Abercrombie was the mm-hmm. same. Like they were all threes who, you know, as they, you know, you know, they sort of morphed into the fours as, as, as they got a bit older and, and became potentially even more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they became unstoppable matchups. So I, I think that's a credit, uh, you know, to, to the greats, and I talk about the greats, and I just don't talk about, you know, the good players yeah. in this league. Those guys who are all-time players, those those Hall of Fame guys, you know, they, they adapt their game, you know, that their, their weaknesses then become their strengths. Like, when Rob Rose came to Australia, you know, he, he, he couldn't shoot the three-point. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't shoot the ball from, from the three-point line. Yeah. That became his absolute strength. You know, 
two years later when he got to Adelaide. Like it was just, I think it's just uh, that that's a testament to the superstars of the way they're able to adapt their game and overcome weaknesses and turn them in, into strengths. And uh, um, just just amazes me, you know, that, that level of ability and will to win and mentality, whatever you want to call it, that. Uh, you know, that the superstars of this league have had it's, um, it's quite incredible yeah I mean I mean, with Sean Reddidge he's a great example for the those early years when he was in Perth he was the starting three man but the last year that he played in the state league over in WA he was the starting centre on the team he was playing for it's just it's it's remarkable uh, the transition uh, absolutely and he, he still would have flopped about four times to get oh, a charge don't, no, don't worry about, don't worry, no. don't worry about that he, he, he absolutely did and Surprisingly, he even admits it now. He never liked it. He was very, very funny about it when he was playing, but he'll happily admit to it now. No, no, I'm only joking, mate. We had Dusty, we had Dusty Reichardt in the team who, was, uh, who uh, would uh, fall over with a, if a stiff breeze came past him as well. But oh, no, look, don't, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Reddy is one of the great superstars of our competition. And for a guy to come out of the the feeble, you know, yeah. and, and then get a chance in New Zealand, and that didn't, uh, you know, wasn't a successful stint for him. To I, think then, I think it lasted 12 games. For, the, for him to end up in the Wildcats and do what he did, and you know, it's not it's not just the caliber of play he was, you know, it's the success he had and, and the culture that he helped drive with those guys over there. There's a reason why the Wildcats, uh, you know, everyone looks up to them, and, and you know, Redditch is a yeah, he's a yeah, he's a Hall of Fame player in this league, and uh, I've, I've got nothing for admiration of him. And uh, uh, would have liked to have played uh, played with him. I reckon uh, he would have been would have been a bit of fun. So, uh, uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, and once again, all those guys I've just mentioned previously, you know, like are, are all stars in this league, and we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to reminisce and talk about you know some absolute legends of the game. Absolutely, and and we're both fortunate enough to, to know a lot of them personally, which is a, a big thrill, especially for someone like me who has no no right to be able to talk to even someone like you, Scott, but it's a great honour that you, you have enough faith in me to, to be sitting here to do this show. So it's a great honour for me, and I hope everyone everybody's in, enjoying hearing your insights. Um, what do you make of the rest of the league right now? There are some teams like the 36ers that we haven't seen seen for a month. We haven't seen the Phoenix for a, for a long time now. We haven't seen... Well, we haven't seen... The Taipans for a little while. We haven't seen the Laura Hawks for, for for a very long long time. Um, we've seen the the New Zealand Breakers just get their first win of the season. They had a good win over the Bullets, who were coming out of being stuck in in the COVID protocols for a week, and they and they probably played played like it. Um, the Wildcats have only played one game on the road so far, and that was up against a Cairns team that they they beat. But that was a Cairns team not only without Machado and Jerick, but also without. McCall, so we probably can't read too much into that. Melbourne United seems to be building a lot of momentum right now. Um, it's tough to get much of an idea of how the league sits because everyone's in different situations. But what do you think of what you're, you've, you, the little bit that we have seen so far? You're right, man. It is really, really difficult. I mean, you know, we, we, we've spoken about it. You know, the Wildcats are going to be there at the end. Um, you know, the Phoenix, I think, are just, you know, to me, don't really have much of a weakness at the moment. I mean, they're telling uh, all over the place. And they're about to bring um, in a new import too after sacking their other import who hadn't played yet. Correct. And, and you, you know, you know what Gordon's going to do with the Edelweir team. And, and you're right, I think Melbourne are, are building. To me, that's probably the four right now. I, I, 
Sydney, I'm not sure about. Once again, everything can change quickly, yeah. um, as, as we know. But, um, you know, there there's probably are some teams to make up the numbers. And as those losses start to mount, um, you know, I know New Zealand got that win yesterday, which, which was great for them. But, you know, when you see the owner on the bench telling the coach to put a player in, that's... Mm. Uh, you know, and I think Andrew Gaze mentioned that last night. That's not a healthy situation, and um, you know that that can only end in tears. If in fact, you know that that's what did take place. Well, but, um, I want to I want to get your thoughts on that because you've been a head coach. Um, if you had whether it's your you know general manager or you know president or who, whatever role that that person had, if it was the person running the club, he was telling you who to sub in, who to sub out, or what plays to run. When you're in charge of coaching the team, how would have you felt? Well, it probably wouldn't end well. It mm. probably wouldn't end well for me because I, I may have had to say something. But well, yeah, I think that's the it's, exact it's, problem Dan Chamis kind of faces. Well, it's, it's funny you say that. Like when I when I was coaching in my first year, um, the the owner of the team or the person that was supposedly the owner of the team, um, there was a bit of conjecture about that anyway. <laughs> I, I turned around during a timeout and he was standing behind me. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it just, I didn't say anything because it was just such a, you know, such, such a surprise seeing him there. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not a healthy situation. I mean, you know, especially if you've got someone who doesn't know shit all about basketball who's standing there, mm. you know, what are you doing? You employ someone and put him in a place. If you don't, if you don't trust him to do it, well, coach yourself. You know, oh, like it, yeah. it's, uh, and, and but I also understand if you're the if you're the owner and you're paying the bills, you can do whatever you want. And and um, you, you know I, I love the fact here in Adelaide that we we have Grant Kelly, who's so passionate, turn about about basketball, wanting to see the thirty sixes win. But you know he puts people in place and yeah. and you know let let them do their job. And if they're not doing the job, <laughs> we've seen that over the last couple of years. You'll get somebody else to do the job as well. Sure, but it's the same with JVG. I mean, he makes the decisions on what players to sign, but he, you don't see him sitting on the sidelines telling CJ what to do. Absolutely. And that that, that is, uh, once again, if, if that's in fact what happened last night, mm. that's, uh, you know, that's an untenable position because it's, it's just, you, you know, you can't just go and... Uh, you can't go about and, and coach to the best of your ability if you're, you know, if you're having someone tell you what to do. You can always make suggestions. Oh, but well, you, yeah. you do it behind, you do it behind the scenes, and you do it in team, you know, in private meetings. You yeah. don't do it, you know, in, in full front of the camera. But uh, well, uh, Andrew, you know? Andrew Gaze raised a great point in the commentary. If he wants to be making those decisions, why doesn't he just coach the team himself? If he doesn't want the coach to actually be making the making the calls. I love Andrew Gaze. I love him. I love him as a commentator. I love him as a player. I uh, was fortunate enough to spend a couple of years with him in the in the Boomers yep. team, and uh, fortunate enough to go with him on a trip to China and and uh, and coach with him. Uh, I just, I, I just, there's there's not one thing about Andrew Gaze I don't like. Mm. He's uh, he's awesome, and uh, you know, as a testament, yeah, you know, I guess to the NBL that we have someone of his caliber. Yeah, that will universally go down. Well, I guess along with Leroy Loggins as, as the best best players this yeah. league's ever seen. And, uh, and of course, he was a party. Sixers fix guest at one point. Well, of course, we might have to get him back here one time. Yeah, I, I think we did that. We did that with Brett Maher, and he was uh, 
He was commenting how good a job Brett did putting out the fires <laughs> on Tangle right. Island. But yeah, you're right. Mate, Brett, mate, the closest Brett got to Tangle Island was uh, sitting at my house that <laughs> night. So, uh, <laughs> no, that was uh, that was good fun. We will get him back on, and that, uh, that'll be good fun as well. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we've got a game on Sunday to look look forward to against the Jack Jumpers. I'm a little bit hesitant to do a full preview because we've done that with the Perth Wildcats games that we were meant to have, and we, they never happened. But fingers crossed, it happens, Scott. We we're all desperate for this game to to go ahead. Um, the best news will be Sunday. Detch will be back out there. I spoke to him last week. He was absolutely jumping out of his skin when I spoke to him. The game with the Wildcats was still meant to be going ahead on the Friday. He couldn't wait to get out there. He was ready to take on Bryce Cotton. He was back to full health again. But in the back of his mind, he also knew that he'd been running around that afternoon getting COVID tests with his girlfriend and they weren't quite sure what would what would be happening the next day. The next day, the worst thing happened and they were all sent home again, as you, as you know, and those games never happened. Um, so the good news is when the team's back out there, Sunday will be back out there. How many of the issues that the team was having in those first five games can Sunday help solve? Mate, most of them. Yeah. Well, the, the, the only good thing about this break is that Sunday is now healthy. Yeah. I think it's, we also got to be a little bit careful as, you know, he hasn't played in probably six weeks. Well, I'm, well, like, I'm, I'm not even sure. It was that last game with the Blitz, which would have been late November, so it's it's going to be almost, yeah, six or seven weeks at least. So, so you yeah, know, this is the thing. You can't expect him to come out and play at superstar level. You, you just can't have that that amount of time out of the game and expect expect him to be able to come back and, and you, know, he, you know he'll be elite defensively because that's what he is, but he's going to be rusty. I don't care what he's done at training. That's mm. going to take time. But um, So people have got to understand that as well. But with your other question, how much of a difference could he have made? You know, you're playing Perth in Perth you know, and, the, and Vic Law's going off. Mm. I know there's you know, Vic Law is bigger than him. You can say, go and guard Vic Law oh, and stop I'll, him. I'll, I'll, I'll so still put Sunday on him. No now, now go back to Bryce Cotton and stop him. You know, we play Itawari here and those Itawari guards mm-hmm. start going crazy. You put Sunday on them. He's he's just such an incredible defender. I know, you know I'm a fan, as, as, as anyone listening mm. to this podcast will say. But, uh, you know, and I'll say it again, how he was not the top three Players and defensive players of last year was an absolute disgrace. You know, he just does everything. And and once again, having seen what he did in the off season, and you know, he was the best player at you know at thirty sixes in the preseason. What you know, his defense was was always at the same level. What he'd done in the gym, like you know, he was just bullying people, and what he'd done offensively as well. And and this is I spoke to someone about this last week, and I, I don't want to. Pump too much sunshine up Brett Maher's ass because everybody does that and everyone kisses his ass and I and I hate it and I don't like talk, talking about it. But Sunday saw a deficiency in his game, which was inconsistency in his perimeter game. Yep. So he he rang up Brett Maher and just asked him to come have a look at his shot and work out with him on an individual basis. You know, like that was not something that yeah you know, that that's just a guy who's just wanting to get absolute best out of his ability and sourcing out. <laughs> the, best, the best shooter that the, the club's had in the last 20 years. So, you know, it's just, it was such, that injury is such a shame because he would have hit the season you know, on, on 
you know, absolute fire. Yeah. But it, it is going to it is going to take him time to get back into that because he's just spent so much time out of the game. Yep, absolutely. Um, first time the Jack Jumpers have come come to town. Um, they've had an up and down start. It, it's a tough thing to say, but you probably you look at their team on paper and they're probably the least talented team across the league, but they're playing with a lot of heart right now. They they make themselves tough to beat, which is a good quality to have, and I reckon they're really well coached. I think the, defensively they're really strong. They don't have the same offensive weapons as other teams, but you know they're, they're well drilled, they're well coached, and sometimes they get beaten just on you know not having enough talent and, and you know not shooting the ball great, which happens. But what you can guarantee from them on Sunday is that they'll come in and give a 100% effort, which is a, a nice trait to have. Absolutely, and uh, you know that could be the thirty sixes team that comes out the same way we did in Perth. I mm. mean, you know, team team that plays plays with heart, and uh, you know, you know, Jack McVeigh will be up for the uh, mm. up for the challenge coming coming back in here. But they do they they, they play hard, and and um, you know they'll, they'll they'll give a good account of themselves. So I reckon you're, you're right, they are well coached. I reckon. Uh, Really, coach has had a reasonable screen himself, to be honest yeah, with you. He'd, uh, he'd, he'd, get a, he'd get a couple of players open, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, look, I, once again, you, you would say <laughs> you would say it's a game that we should win, but mm. who the hell knows? I mean, there's no, you know, there's no form or any recent games to, to, to back anything of. But you know, purely from a talent point of view, you would say the 36ers should win and. Yeah, you know, they 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 probably need to for their own, uh, oh, I guess, own sight. You know, to to, yeah. to come out and, and get their season back on track. Because who knows after that when the next game? I mean, who knows how the rest of the season is going to play off? I know there's some thoughts within the, you know, within the thirty sixes organisation that they might get sent on the road, to, uh, you know, a la New Zealand for yeah. if not the rest of the season, but but certainly a couple of months. And, and I'm sure, you know, that. That's something the NBA was looking at, some sort of uh, bubble or whatever you want to call it. But um, I'm sure there's contingency you know, A, B, C, D, and E at the moment. But uh, yeah, let, let's just hope this game goes ahead on yep. Sunday. Yep. Uh, you know, we'll, we all get out there and, we'll, and we watch a good 36ers win. Important for the fans, I think, as well to be rewarded for turning up. I mean, the, the first couple of home games weren't great, even though there was a win over the Breakers. In there, how important is it for the home fans to, I guess, be rewarded for turning up? We're hoping, you know, five or six thousand at least turn up on on Sunday. How important is it for the team to actually give them something to be happy about? Mate, it's going to be a tricky one because you know people aren't going out at the moment yeah. either. So yeah. it's you know that that's the other thing. People are worried about going into an environment where there's you know where there's a lot of numbers, and obviously there's going to be people in there with COVID. Now I know there's there's rules and regulations. Um, but, yeah, do you, do you have I, to prove I, you, that you're double vaxxed to get in? Do you know? You, you do. Yeah, okay. absolutely. You've got to show um, check in, show your check in, also yep. show your, your double vaccination. So, yeah, so that you can go in there with confidence, you've got to wear a mask, all that sort of stuff. But I think people are just nervous at the moment. So, mm. I, I, I know that the Barthes Tragics will be there. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly be Brett and I'll certainly be there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, you know, everyone's looking forward to seeing basketball again. I think it's going to be really difficult to get a, you know, to get a really big crowd, but, mm. um, you know, just because of the current circumstances. But I, I know the club's doing everything in their power and, and, and there's some, uh, you can get some great prices on tickets at the moment. And, uh, I'd certainly encourage everyone to come out and, uh, you know, support this team. I mean, it's, uh, 
you know, they're, they're uh, you, know, you know, these guys are doing it hard. And uh, well, as I said, you know, we can back, be back on the 50-50 uh, split, you know, by the end of the weekend. And all of a sudden, things aren't looking that bad. But even after a couple of ordinary games, which hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we've forgotten about by now. I mean, just, just the last one on the game. CJ made a great point that this is pretty much like a, the first game of pre-season in a lot of ways because they've been training. When they've been able to get together, they've been training, but only training against themselves. And when you're training against yourselves, everything looks great and it looks like you're going well. But until you test yourselves against real opposition, you just don't actually know where you're where you're at. And, you know, it's, it's it will have been a month since that last game. I mean, I don't think any of us know what to expect. I mean, and they the team itself probably doesn't know... What to expect? What would it be like if you put your playing shoes back on, coming out playing a regular season game, but having not played at all for a month? All the more reason to go gung ho, mate. Sure. To come out and play with absolute reckless abandon. I don't care if I come out and dribble the ball off their foot and miss their first ten shots. You know, you know, and and get in early foul trouble. As long as they're coming out and showing that endeavour mm. and that absolute desperation to try and do things right. Yeah, they haven't played for a while. Neither have neither have the jack jumpers, so mm-hmm. they're going to be in the same boat. Come out and show that desire that that's been missing. You know, obviously in that Cairns game in the first um, first half against New Zealand here. Come out with absolute desperation, and and mistakes are going to happen. Don't let that affect you. Come out here with absolute balls to the wall and show that crowd. You know that that crowd. You know, and the, and the people watching at home, if they come out and see a product. And they see some, you know, some players that are you know, playing for that name on the front of the jersey. You know, you know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll be on board. Mm-hmm. You know, and the result will take care of itself then as well. So, come out just just with absolute desperation, and, and they'll be okay. You know, because we, we've already spoken about talent. They they do have more talent than the Jack Jumpers. They, they've got to come out and match them for intensity and heart and desire, and uh, yeah, the rest will take care of itself. Yep, couldn't agree more. All right, Scott, it's been fun having our first episode of 2022. It's been a long time in between games, but we, we have put together an episode. We hope that all of our preview of Sunday is worth it and the game goes ahead. If you get the chance to get out to the Entertainment Centre, do so to support the boys on Sunday. And as, as Scott said earlier, thank you to our sponsors for making this show possible. We simply couldn't be here with, without you. So thank you to Premium Wine Tours for bringing us our... Player of the Year Award. Thank you to Australian Motors Mitsubishi for our Player of the Week. We'll be back with both of those awards, hopefully after a better performance from the team on Sunday. Thank you to Sports Card World for bringing us the Ask the Coach segment. And, of course, thank you to the support of Kelly Barnes and All-Star Photos. If you need any photography done, anything related to basketball, make sure you get in touch with Kelly and he'll, he'll take care of you because he's the best in the business. So thank you for all of our partners for making this show possible. I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off for this week and leave you with the, the wise words of a of an ever-weary father, Scott Ninnis, who can't wait, can't <laughs> wait to get out of the house on Sunday. Oh, man, okay, absolutely. So, no, look, looking forward to uh, just, just seeing the NBL again. It's, uh, um, did you see Clay Thompson today with the Warriors? Man, did you see that dunk that he started with? My goodness. <laughs> oh, that, you, you, you look for feel-good stories in basketball and, uh, well, in life in mm. general, but that, you know, out of the game for two years and uh, gets that dunk down the middle and scores 17 points mm-hmm. in, in 20 minutes. Uh, I reckon I could fit him into my South Adelaide team if he wants to have a whole lot of uh, out in Adelaide yeah. during the off-season. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, all good, mate. We, uh, we're just uh, looking forward to seeing a good 36 win on Sunday.